Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless. This is Eva Talk Radio. November 10th, we kick off our annual Diabetes Expo, and it's a great fun time where Mr. Max and his team are there, and we're going to have a theme of the Gilligan's Island. So it's a takeoff on Gilligan's Island, but since we have a primarily all-women cast, we named it Gilligan's Island. It's a very fun time where we... uh, have fun and learn about diabetes by playing games. We have hot topic discussions, fitness demonstrations, all a bunch of fun, but very educational as well. That's right. And if you want to find out more information, go to diabetes.org forward slash Expo Pittsburgh or check out the diabetic.org website under our calendar section. We have a whole write-up about the upcoming Pittsburgh Diabetes Expo on November 10th. 2012. It's a free and fabulous outreach event. Now, Angels, I must tell you that Taylor Swift is our diva inspiration because I wanted to focus on issues younger women with living with diabetes are dealing with. So that's why I've invited back Jessica from Cincinnati. Hello, Jessica. 
Hello, Max. Hello, Angels. Hello, all fellow divas. Now, Jessica, you're living with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Correct? And yes, that's I why am. you're joining you're joining this hot topic because I know you're a Taylor Swift fan and we all love the fact that she's a songwriter, a musician, and a performer, but she's also a cover girl model. And although eating disorders may seem commonplace among models, most people haven't heard of a dangerous eating disorder called diabolemia affecting women living with type one diabetes. Have you heard of this, Jessica? I have heard of it and it is shocking. And it's shocking why, Judy Wilcox, can you tell us a little bit about what diabolemia is? Well, diabolemia, it's a body image disorder, and it quite often affects women and young younger women that have type 1 diabetes, that when they're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, they start to use insulin, and they start all of a sudden they have this rapid weight gain, and they start changing their self-image, and, and they start not taking as good care of themselves, and they their concern is, well, maybe if I stop using all my insulin, I'll lose weight again. And by not taking the insulin, they put themselves at a very high risk to have a diabetic ketoacidosis and later on in life to suffer um, conditions such as blindness, eye disease. They're usually exhausted. And it really comes from peer pressure. So a lot of women skip their insulin to lose weight. Right, and Connie, if most of these women are being very secretive about this kind of disturbing behavior, what would you tell parents to look for as far as symptoms are concerned? Well, that's a great question, Max, and there are a whole variety of symptoms that parents can look for as potential triggers or or signs that there is something that needs to be looked at. The first I would look at is, does the person exhibit high blood sugars? And that would occur primarily because of the emission of the insulin, and maybe their hemoglobin A1C value was much higher than expected, especially if the recorded blood sugars from the patient are within a healthier range. Um, they can look for changes in eating habits, like they're eating a lot more than usual, but they're still losing weight. Also, a lot of uh, dramatic shifts in weight. Uh, low energy levels, primarily due to the high blood sugars. Um, you know, binging on carbohydrates and sweets. Um, being preoccupied with their weight, maybe not wanting to get weighed at office appointments. So all of these can be signals to parents, healthcare providers, that there's something going on that needs to be investigated. Well, it sounds scary to me, but Jessica, as a woman living with diabetes, you're in your young 20s, mid-20s. Uh, what are your feelings about weight, and and how do you feel about this topic, and why would other women like yourself, do you think, consider doing this behavior? Well, being a young woman with type 1 diabetes, it's so hard to keep weight off. And it is so shocking when you find out that doing everything right, you get rewarded by gaining weight, which is not a reward. I think that a lot of young women already have self-esteem issues, body image issues, and adding diabetes to that can make you very self-conscious. So I could see a lot of young women thinking that this is a very viable option because like in my case, I would try and starve myself when I was in high school, but my blood sugars would get so low I would have to eat. And I kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, my diabetes is sabotaging my weight loss. And so for young women, if you can have all this food that you want to eat without thinking about the future consequences and you still lose weight, 
it could seem like a very viable option, as unhealthy as it may be. Well, and I personally know two women who are living with type 1 diabetes who are now in their early 30s, and both of them have lost partial vision because of this behavior. Patricia Addy Gentle, where can people go to find help to deal with diabolemia? Unfortunately, most of the people who suffer from this particular condition do a very good job at trying to mask uh, that, what they're actually doing. So it's up to health care providers and um, family members to be observant, to ask the right questions, and to encourage these people to seek the help that they so um, much are in need of. And where to go, first of all, I would recommend, highly recommend that once that behavior has been identified, to have a heart-to-heart talk with the person, maybe accompany that person to a doctor's visit, speak with the physician, ask for resources. Also, um, the local dietitian, um, the person who is um, able to educate in the way of meals, would be an ideal person. And in some areas there are support groups. Um, It's not very common to be able to find support groups for this particular disorder in most areas, but ask. You never know what you might find. And if it's necessary, it might be um, a good challenge to start a local support group when this problem has been identified, especially amongst the endocrinology office. You know, ask the practice if there are support groups. Ask if there are hotlines or definitely the dietitian would be a great resource. And I just want to say to anyone listening out there, uh, we don't want you to struggle with your diabetes alone at divabetic.org. Please email us if this is an issue for you, and we will, like, help you find an ideal resource or turn you on to one of these wonderful educators you're talking to tonight, Patricia, Connie, or Judy. Thank you all for being a part of this. Thank you, Jessica. Right now, it's time for Food Isle Face Off. Let's get ready to We're going to compare two similar food items in the aisle of your grocery store or local farmer's market and learn which one's a better option with the help of foodie, Judge Judy Wilcox, a registered dietitian, food stylist, herbal tea maker, and diabetes educator. Hello, Judy. Hello, Max. And tonight we're going to talk about some A-list produce and compare artichokes to avocados, two wonderful foods. And artichokes actually are edible thistles. Um, the, everything about the artichoke you can eat, the leaves, the base, the heart, we eat it all. The avocado is actually a fruit, and it usually everyone thinks of it as a vegetable, and it really has its claim to fame because of it's a great source of monounsaturated fats, it's a great source of potassium and vitamin E. But when we look at these two foods, artichoke is also a good source of potassium, vitamin A, and fiber, and, but it's a lot lower in calories. Uh, an art, you can eat a whole artichoke and it's only 60 calories. And an avocado, a half of a, a has, uh, avocado is uh, 114 calories. And one of those larger avocados that they have down south, those are about almost 200 calories. So a serving is about one small slice. So when we're talking avocado, we're talking portion control. So in this face-off, I would say the winner is artichoke. And... I know we all love to dip it in butter and cover it with breadcrumbs, 
But if you would substitute olive oil for it and and just use some of those special herbs and spices that you might find in a restaurant that you dip your bread in, you could dip your leaves in that, and it gives it a wonderfully incredible taste and keeps the, the calories lower. So I pick artichoke. You're picking artichoke, but I I wanted to ask you, Judy. I'm always confused. Like, is the fat in an avocado healthy or bad for you? Well, fat it really is fat, Max. So monounsaturated fats are part of different types of fats. There's three kinds of fats. There's um, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, and saturated fats. And we always hear about fats that will help lower our cholesterol. With, and what monounsaturated fats do is they don't really lower the cholesterol, but they don't lower your good cholesterol. So that's why we want to eat a little more of those in our diet. And But when it comes to fat, one serving of fat is 9 calories per gram. So where we look at the difference between a protein or a carbohydrate, which is 4 calories per gram, we have to consider all fats to be a little bit higher in fat. So that's that's why if you love avocados, you could eat a small portion, but you have to use portion control because it's no different than than spreading um, some oil or some margarine or smart balance on your bread. You might get a few more vitamins and minerals, but if you use portion control, you can eat an avocado. Right. Well, I appreciate that advice. Straight ahead, it's time for Dining Out with a Dietitian. Let's welcome back Connie. Hello, Connie Frazier. Hello, Max. I love to dine out. Where are we going tonight? Well, you're dining out with me tonight to help our listeners aim to become better eaters, not perfect eaters, when they're ordering off the menu. But before we dine out, I bet you can't guess what you and Taylor Swift have in common. Hmm, that's a tough one. What would it be? You're both from Pennsylvania. Really? Yes, I didn't know but that. Taylor went on to the superstardom, so she moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So I thought, in honor of Taylor Swift relocating to Tennessee, we would dine out at the Food Network stars, the Neely's Barbecue Parlor, and go country tonight. How's that? Sounds perfect. And just like Jessica said, her favorite song is never, ever going to um, uh, get back together. I was wondering if people living with diabetes should never, ever go out and eat barbecue again. Oh, my goodness. I think we should all go out and eat barbecue, especially those with diabetes should participate in all the social functions and sometimes just do a little planning ahead and sometimes some research just to uh, make better choices to keep blood sugars and weight in a healthy place. Well, okay, because it's summer barbecue. You know, we just finished Labor Day, so should we be having the pork or the beef if we're going to have barbecue? Like, what's a healthy way to enjoy the barbecue? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, if it's a traditional barbecue with uh, pork ribs as opposed to barbecue beef, I would certainly go with the pork, I mean, I'm sorry, with the beef as it's much leaner than the fattier ribs. So I would give the barbecue pork the thumbs up. I mean, the barbecue beef the thumbs up. Have a little tongue So where's the beef? The beef is a better choice? Yes, it would be leaner than those ribs. And you would probably tell me, Max, to avoid some of the sides that they have here because they have, like, macaroni and cheese, sweet yams, and everything else on the menu. Is that another way to make it healthy by choosing the right side? Sure. The sides make a difference. And if there are some of those higher-fat sides that you mentioned, just smaller portions, but 
If they have sides like the baked beans, that's a you know choice that's really a high fiber, healthy choice, or maybe a side of watermelon, or even some corn on a cob, which is a small amount of butter. As Judy mentioned, we really want to watch the fat content, so we can find some healthier sides as well. Pasta salad, a small portion would be a little healthier than the mayonnaise-based uh, macaroni salad. So making some of those choices and keeping portions um, reasonable can really make that barbecue fun and successful. All right, and I'm getting ready to push away the sides and get to the main entree of the radio show today by passing the boa. Hello, diva. Oh, hello, diva. It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. Let's meet tonight's Diabetes Numerology Game contestant and real-life diva from Boston, Massachusetts, Hello, Terrence. Hi, Max. Hi, Diva. We're giving you our standing ovation. We're so glad to have you. You're our first Diva from Boston to be on the show. Welcome, welcome, oh, that's welcome. exciting. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And you're young like Taylor Swift when it comes to living with type 2 diabetes because you were only diagnosed as recently as 10 months ago, correct? That is correct. I was diagnosed the day before Halloween last year. How ironic, um, I guess, as Alanis Morissette would say. How were you diagnosed? Though? Where were you diagnosed? Tell us a little um, bit about it. Story. Was, it's kind of a funny story. I um, I developed a rash on my arm, um, and I went to the dermatologist um, thinking that it was probably an allergy of some kind or something like that. And it turned out that um, he ordered me to go take some blood tests, and they did a biopsy, and I had a condition called xanthoma, uh, which is caused by high levels of triglycerides in the blood. Um, and my dermatologist um, was pretty well informed, and he, he told me that m- mostly, most of the time this is caused by uncontrolled diabetes. Um, so um, I was I went in thinking it was going to be a simple, uh, <laughs> a very simple proce- you know procedure that I was going to go in and walk away with a cream or something, and I left uh, you know thinking okay now I need to go get tested for diabetes, um, but I think that it was really a godsend because I was I was um, I had it had crossed my mind I have a very um, long family history of diabetes, so I, I knew that there was a big possibility that I would have it, and I had, um, I knew all the symptoms, and I was having some symptoms um, of diabetes, but I was I was scared. I was scared to go in and, and face it, and so this kind of pushed me uh, into facing it, which is the best thing probably that ever happened to me. Um, because and now, I now can like 10 months it. later, I see you all the time on the Divabetic Facebook page, and <laughs> you're always commenting and reading articles, and I know you watch D-Life and go to their website. So how yes. did you turn the corner from feeling slightly overwhelmed or stressed out about being diagnosed in 10 months and kind of fully embracing it in order to be empowered and live like a diva, as we like to say? Well, I mean, I think it took me a little while, a couple of months, to really get over the shock of it all. Um, but in the end, I realized that the more education that I could get, the more I could know about diabetes, um, the better off I was going to be. So I read every book I possibly could, and I, I started um, just becoming more educated. And, and that really made a difference in my perspective and, you know, my outlook, and um, I was a lot less afraid. So that really 
Um, and then, of course, um, I discovered DivaBetic, which, of course, helped me um, a lot because I, I really needed uh, someone, you know, I needed that kind of influence in my life because um, I think it really encouraged me to, to you know, not let this get me down because it, there's no reason to stop being me. There's no reason to stop having fun and, and enjoying life. That's right. Don't get down. Get Diva. Now, Karen, are you ready to play our diabetes numerology game? I sure am. <laughs> I had to build up excitement. We were going to have Taylor Swift sing that for you, but unfortunately she's not on tour. Um, here's how our diabetes numerology game works. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Then I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with the situation. Next, the angels will discuss your solution and share some tips. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit us at divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game downloads. Now, Taryn, are you ready to sit back, relax, and enjoy the fright? (laughs) Let's go for it. Because tonight we're kicking off our Diabetes Numerology Disaster Film Game Series. Over the next few months, our puzzles will be based on some of the most famous disaster movies of all time. So your movie is loosely based on Snakes on a Plane, starring Samuel Jackson. Your Diabetes Numerology situation? Taryn, you're an FBI agent on a plane full of deadly and poisonous snakes, deliberately released to kill a key witness in a murder trial. Here's your diabetes numerology blood sugar value, 51. What would you do? Well, 51, um, if you're on a plane, um, you have a few options, but I would go for getting some orange juice or um, maybe possibly um, some crackers or pretzels. (laughs) Um, But you definitely need to take some carbohydrates if your blood sugar is 51. And what about that giant anaconda that's coming after you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I might pass out so <laughs> oh, <laughs> from fear. Oh let's, let's, thank God the angels are here to rescue you. Connie Frazier, what do you think? Well, I think Karen's right on the ball. She needs to get that blood sugar up at 51. So um, probably when we're traveling, we could carry with us the glucose tablets, and we would need about three or four of those to treat it. Or uh, a little juice box, or checking with the uh, the the a flight attendant if they had some juice as well. Um, all would be great options to to treat that low, about a half a cup of juice, or even a half a can of soda pops. So all of those things could be found on the plane if uh, the glucose tablets weren't on your person. Great, and, uh, and a, Patricia Abby Gentle, traveling with diabetes can be tricky. So what should people carry? I agree with uh, with Connie. You definitely need glucose tablets. You need to have um, I, your identification as well. So if there are others around you, they would automatically see your uh, bracelet or whatever type of jewelry you may be wearing. So make sure that you make it visible and known that you do have diabetes in case you need help. But the glucose tablet should be should be on your person. Never pack all of your supplies in your um, uh, bags that you don't have with you. Make sure that you have something with you for cases like this. And Judy Wilcox, 
Tell Taryn why having one specific Taylor Swift song on her iPod during flight could help her treat the slow. Well, the name of that song is 15 because it's the 1515 <laughs> rule, Max. First, if you have a low, you start feeling the symptoms, you want to check your sugar. You want to see what it is. Her sugar was 51, so she's going to take 15 grams of carbohydrates to raise her blood sugar, and she needs fast-acting carbohydrates like the juice or glucose tablets. Then she's got to make sure her blood sugar comes up high enough, so she's going to wait 15 minutes and recheck. And if her blood sugar comes up to 70, then she's going to have a little something to eat, which probably might include another 15 grams of carbohydrate just to keep her stable with a little protein. So remember that 15-15 rule. That will help you control those low blood sugars and help by rechecking, you don't over-treat your blood sugar because you don't want to go from a really low sugar to a really high sugar. Great job. And, Taryn, for being our diabetes, diabetes numerology game contestant tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new natural gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a gift basket from Cabot Cheese, and you're going to get ready for our fabulous Makeup artist Kiana Hunt has a tip for you on how you could get your Taylor Swift red <laughs> album excitement going. Hello, Kiana, are you there? Hello, Max. Can you hear me? We can. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm just going to get right into it because I'm so excited about Taylor Swift. She happens to be one of my favorites, too. <laughs> And it's no secret that Taylor has a favorite, that red is her favorite color. She's graced so many red carpets, magazine covers, and most recently her upcoming album cover, which is also named Red, with beautiful bright red lips. This cover girl has the right idea when it comes to picking shades for her lipstick. Red remains a color that is classic yet timeless and can be paired with various styles from biker grunge, to Grammy Award red carpet and still looks great while doing both. As a makeup artist, red is a staple color in my lipstick palette because it brightens and whitens the smile of the person who's wearing it and demands attention from the person who's viewing your lips. The color red also increases enthusiasm and provides a sense of protection from fear and anxiety. So see how a little bit of lipstick can change your outlook and in this case provide a pick-me-up for others as well. Now, you don't have to be a cover girl to start brightening your makeup look. But here are a few quick tips to help you find a red that works well for your skin tone. If you have fair skin, go for a red with a blue or brown undertone. Medium to dark skin, go for deeper reds with brown undertones. And dark skin, go for reds with pinkish or orange undertones. If you have red hair like our diva does, you you always want to choose a shade that is brighter than your hair and kick that old wives' tale that red kids, redheads can't wear wet, red to the curb. But with any look, always remember to wear a liner, and that should be the same color as your lipstick or a shade lighter. Now go out and find that lipstick that works for you and show the world your award-winning smile that will give people something to sing about. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you, Kiana. And now it's time for Mama Rosemarie and her Mother Your Diabetes Tip.
Mama Rosemarie, have you been listening to the show? Yes, I have, and I will give you my tip in a minute. I am inspired by Taylor Swift tonight, and so my tip this month is for parents of teens living with diabetes. Parents should let their children know they're not going to blame or judge them when mistakes happen. Check in regularly with your teenager and ask how their diabetes management is going. When problems occur, take the attitude, okay, we'll fix this together. Your whole family should be willing to make changes so that a teen doesn't feel like they're dealing with their diabetes all alone. This is Mama Rosemarie saying ciao for now. All right, and I want to remind all you divas to check out my world premiere video tomorrow on divabag.org. We're running out of time, so remember, every diva, including you, Terrence, has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Did you enjoy the show, Taryn? Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. It was a great experience. All right. Go to divabag.org, and don't get down, get diva. Baby, okay.